Hello. Welcome to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. This is your facilitator, Dr. Dave Cornelius. Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave is streamed on grokshare.com and broadcasted on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. I want to encourage everyone to find their awesomeness. It is a choice. Let's begin your learning experience to achieve your awesomeness. Okay, so welcome everyone to the Agile for Humanity Tucson Meetup. Uh, Today's Saturday, May 11th, uh, 2019. We're at Connect Co-working in Tucson, Arizona. And we do have, um, people could connect to our webinar via Zoom. And, and that would get us started. Um, we always start off with upcoming events. And today's today, May 11th, we have Richard, our friend, who lives in Boston, who's joining us. We're really happy to have him here. Um, he was here a few months ago, maybe two months ago, um, when we had our, our conference here in the Agile Open Tucson. Uh, we have the Global Scrum Gathering coming in Austin, Texas on May 20th, 22nd. And we have great things happening in the Five Saturdays realm on June 8th. We kick off two uh, space locations in uh, California, one in Costa Mesa and one in Whittier, which is close to Orange. And then the following week, we kick off here in Tucson, Arizona. Also, um, the big Agile conference that I call it, Agile 2019, um, that's coming August 5th through the 9th in Washington, D.C. Great places. So you should make some plans to try and get out to those events. And then October 21st, we have a huge conference here or they call it a festival now, the 10 West Festival. And it's a 10-day event, kind of like South by Southwest. And, and it's kind of similar to that, but it's just starting. And so we'll have some agile activities happening there. And so that's going to be lots of fun. Uh, we did last year. And, you know, this is an opportunity. So if you go up to 10west.com um, or 10west.org, I forgot which one it is, you should be able to find some information there. Um, talking about our sponsors, you know, we're really stoked to have Agile Alliance, Knowledgeshare, and Scrum Alliance be our sponsors to enable this meetup to happen, um, have space, all of that wonderful stuff for us to continue with our Agile community. Um, and wow, look who's here, you know, our good friend Richard, and he's going to be talking about high-performance teams, core protocols for psychological safety and emotional intelligence. I guess I was being cheap with the 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 characters, Richard, and cut you off. So well, without further ado, I'm going to stop sharing, and we're going to allow Richard to take over and do his magic. Welcome, Richard. Hey, thanks, Dave. Nice to see you. Nice to see everybody on the screen. Uh, and if you're, if you're watching me on a small view, I'm demonstrating what happens if you wear a shirt with a pattern, and you get a <laughs> Moiroi pattern effect. If you look at my shirt, it's pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you can share one of my screen. Yep. And here we go. So, going to share some some ideas and some practice on high performance teams. This is uh, a, a, a body of practice called Core Protocols. We're going to get into skills that deliver psychological safety and group emotional intelligence. I'm Richard Kasparowski. I'm launching something that I'm called Certified Agile Team Building. It consists of 
a class, a full day class, like the half day class we did in Tucson a month or two ago, high performance team building. It also includes agile foundations, agile product owner skills, and agile technical skills. It's a, it's a five day program. Each one of these classes is one to two days long. We've got lots of contact info here. Everybody's invited to ask questions as we go, as well as keep in touch with me afterward. I always start with this. I see some friends on screen. You know I've asked you this question before. Everybody who's here, I want you to think about the best team you're ever on in your entire life. And identify that team. It could be, it could be like the work team you're on right now. It could be a work team from your past. It could be a school project team. It could be a, a nonprofit organization that you're part of, uh, a purpose-driven group. It could be a church, it could be a group of friends or your family. Any group of two or more people aligned with a common goal, we'll use that as our definition of team. And what's the best one of those you are ever on in your life? And just hold, hold, your, hold your thought on that. Take yourself back to that team. And re-experience what it was like to be with that group of people doing that thing together. You might close your eyes so you carry in the meditation. And try to really feel what it's like with that group of people doing that thing that you were doing together. And if you could summarize that feeling, that sensation with one word, what's your one word? I love collecting these one, these one words. So I want you to share the one word with all the rest of us by switching over to your web browser, typing menti.com into the web browser and using this code 225301, 225301. And share your one word with us. What's the one word that describes the sensation of the best team of your life? So we got, with our small group, we've got fun, empowering, harmony. These are the, some of the sensations of being on that best team ever. I, I ask this question everywhere I go. Here's what other people have said, similar words to what you just said, energy and flow and fun. Everybody always says fun, trust, exhilarating, exciting. Sometimes people type emoji, like a pint of beer or something. It's always trust and joy and fun and safe. And we've all had this experience of the best team of our life. And I've had this experience for sure. Some of the best teams that I've ever been part of. I, I've often wondered, well, I know we've, we've done things on purpose to get into that state of best team ever. And I've often wondered, uh, it often feels like it was an accident. Uh, like we didn't really know what we were doing and we got lucky. And I've been pursuing how to get into that state again on purpose. Uh, so it's not just good luck that you're on a, a really awesome team, but it's something that you can do on purpose with the team that you're on right now. Whatever that group of two or more people aligned with a common goal that you care about is. Get back into that state of best team of your life with any group of people. So that's what this is about. I'll share some science and research on high performance teams, and then we'll go into some practice on exactly how to get into that state again on purpose. And here we go. So we'll start with some science and research. 
The science and research on high performance teams, one way that I tell it is I start by talking, I start by sharing the story of Google and Google's project Aristotle. Many people, even on this, uh, on this webinar, know this story. So over the last six decades, there's been a ton of research on teams and team performance. And, and you can look it up in academic journals and in Harvard Business Review and even in popular press. In that six decades, people have identified, different researchers have identified as many as 250 different characteristics that in their research correlate to high performance. Google wanted to figure out which of those things actually correlated to high performance. That's a lot of stuff. You can't tell people to do 250 different things. They wanted to sort of boil it down and figure out what were the, the one or two or three things that were most important. So they hired the right researchers to be able to reproduce all of this six decades of research. They got 200 teams to volunteer to participate. And on these teams, they measured various characteristics, including performance, and all of these things that might correlate to high performance from the literature. And what they found at Google in these teams was that the one thing that mattered the most, the one thing that most correlated to team performance was this thing called psychological safety. So psych safety is really just the sen this sensation in your head that you feel safe together with the group of people that you're with, that they're not gonna make fun of you, that you could admit you don't know something and it won't hurt you, and if this is a, in, a, in a work setting, uh, that it won't be held against you later on in the year when they get to performance reviews or something. You won't get penalized for asking somebody for help. And there's some good consequences of this, like people are more likely to stay with that team or with that organization. They're more likely to try out different roles because it's okay to try out different roles. It's okay not to know something. Basically, it's okay to learn. And, and so at Google, they, they still do this today. They'll, they'll measure teams on psych safety. They'll hold a workshop afterward and they'll talk about psychological safety. And then they'll, they'll sort of be like, okay, good luck. Go back to your desks and do more psychological safety which is really hard to do because it's, it's a mindset, it's an outcome, and it's not a particular behavior that you can tell somebody to do. Next part of the story, oh, and I, I shared this story with my, with my dentist and, and she ran back to her back office and, and pulled out her dental magazine. This psychological safety stuff cuts across all industries. Uh, the, the research in it has been going on for at least 20 years now. And it's, it's been reproduced in, in many different industries and in many different countries and pretty much every part of the world. So it's kind of a universal thing that teams that experience high psychological safety also experience high performance. Another part of this story is a thing called team emotional intelligence. So I shared the Google story with Stephen Wolf. He's the author of this article that was in Harvard Business Review co-author of this article with Vanessa Druskett. I shared this, the Google story with him and he hadn't heard about it, but he had of course heard about psychological safety because that research was happening at the same time that he was doing his research on team emotional intelligence. And they were, uh, Amy Edmondson was the psych safety researcher. They were sort of contemporaneously doing their research in the Boston area at the same time. Stephen Vanessa found that there was a broader set of things that you could look for that correlate with high performance in teams. Psychological safety was one of these things, and they grouped it all together into what they call team emotional intelligence. 
basically it's, it's sort of like individual EI. It's, it's the idea that as a team, we understand our emotional state and we can control our behavior. We can behave appropriately no matter what our emotional state is. <laughs> and it's also this, this, this sensation that you understand what's going on outside of your team, both within other teams and more broadly in the organization. You can understand the emotional state, of what's going on in other teams and you can influence their behavior based on what you're noticing and you can see how this this is a way of building social capital or one of the things that you might do is build social capital invest in relationships with other teams as a way of influencing influencing them to do what your team wants so your team could be more successful oh and you might do things in exchange for those other teams as well and teams that do that well, they have higher executive support. And then it's kind of obvious that teams that have high executive support are successful teams because executives get everything out of the way for them. They give them all the resources they need. They support them fully and, and they succeed. So psych safety is a subset of Team EI. Team EI is a broader thing. Teams that measure high on psych safety measure high in performance. Teams that measure high on Team EI measure high in performance. And then there's this other body of work. This is a set of behaviors that you could, you could call out of watching high-performing teams. So Jim and Michelle McCarthy did this observational research back in the 1990s, the same time as this other academic research. What they did is they, they watched teams in a laboratory. They invited teams into their lab. They gave them an assignment in five days to get it done, and they watched. They just noticed what the behaviors were on the teams. Some of the teams were very successful, some less successful. For the teams that were very successful, they noticed that all these teams had similar behavior patterns. And they kind of factored out these behavior patterns and documented them in a way that they could share them with other people on other teams. Then they did more like a controlled experiment. They did an intervention. They taught people these behaviors. They, they did that same kind of study. They did this five-day experiment. They brought people into their lab. They gave, them, they gave them an assignment in five days to get it done. And on that first day, they taught them these behaviors that they noticed on other high-performing teams. And every time they did that, those teams were successful. They were pretty sure they were onto something. They, they started doing this in industry. And other people have done this in industry as well. And every time they do this, those teams are successful. I'm doing some research in, in collaboration with Steve Wolf, the Team EI guy. And we're connecting this, these behavior patterns to core protocol, to, to high performance teams. Uh, Steve and I noticed that these behavior patterns yield psychological safety. These behavior patterns yield higher team emotional intelligence. And in the, in the case studies that we've done so far, these behavior patterns yield higher performance. So one, one concise way to show this story is if you want a high performing team, if you want high performing teams, you want psychological safety. There's, the science is really solid. And psych safety is a subset of a broader thing called Team EI. You definitely want that. The science is really solid. And one way to get those things is to behave like other high-performing teams, copy their behavior patterns. That's what this idea of core protocols is. It's copy the behavior patterns of high-performing teams, and you'll probably get one of those yourself. And now we'll start practicing some of these behaviors, not just to talk about them, we'll, we'll, we'll try them out. Right, so it starts 
with positive bias. And I arrange this as a stack of, of building blocks that you can use sort of as just a thinking tool to, to guide our thinking on high performance teams. The foundation for high performance teams is positive bias. And by positive bias, what, I'm, what I mean is non-negativity. We want to automatically say no to each other. Uh, we'll, keep a, we'll keep a positive vibe. No negation is, is also, no negation is actually the one where we won't automatically say no to each other. Non-negativity is we'll just be conscious of keeping things positive. Pretend is this idea that to learn something new and to, to try something that's effective, even to, to hear somebody else's ideas, pretend that something is a good idea for just long enough to try it out and evaluate it for yourself. Maybe even collect your own data on it before you say yes or no, that's a, that's a good idea or a bad idea. Pretend that something might be a good idea and try it out for at least a breath before you react to it. As an activity related to this, we, we often do an activity in groups of two. Will there be a way for us to do that? I am not, I know what we could do with Bernadine and I. All right, I'll talk um, about the activity then. I'll, I'll just introduce yeah. the activity and we'll share the slides. I encourage you to do these activities afterward, maybe with a friend or a colleague. So I'll, I'll describe the activities. Uh, the, the, the positive bias activity that can help you experience what positive bias feels like and, and how it compares to a negative bias is a, an improv acting activity that we sometimes call yes, but. And the one version of it goes like this. You get a partner and you try to make a concrete plan for dinner tonight or maybe lunch today since it's, what is it, like 11 o'clock in, in Tucson right now. Concrete plan for something. And what you do is there's a catch. In the first iteration of it, the catch is you always have to start your sentences with yes, but. You do it for about 60 seconds and you see what it feels like to try to make a plan for each other. Always yes, butting each other. And so it might go like this. The first person might say, hey, let's get lunch. And the second person might say, yes, but. I have to do some yard work around my house. And get back to the first person who would say, yes, but uh, it'll be a lot more fun to have lunch together, wouldn't it? And you know, back to the second person and say, yes, but it would also be fun if I finished the yard work and my family was happy with me about the yard. And you'd continue yes, butting each other and see if it were even possible to make a plan for lunch. Yeah. The yes, and version, get it? Now, I was going to say, sorry for interrupting, but one thing that they can do is that we have chat that's available, yep. and then we also have the ability for Jorge and Richard to, to speak with each other um, by using the microphone on their device. Yeah, so we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll skip the activities because this is sort of running, running as webinar mode. Yep. And just, uh, and then encourage you to, to try these out later on with a friend or a colleague. The okay. second iteration of this activity would be the same thing. Try to make a concrete plan for lunch or dinner, whatever it is, but you always yes and each other. So it would be like, hey, let's, let's get lunch today. And it would be yes. And uh, I know a great place in Tucson where we can get tacos. And the first person would say yes. And we'll get, we'll get the chicken tacos. We'll get the poblano tacos. And we'll get the pernil tacos. And the second person would add on to that always yes anding each other. And when we debrief on this, people usually report that 
with the first experience, yes, butting each other, it really felt negative. Like it was really hard to come to a conclusion, really hard to come to agreement with each other. Oftentimes they don't even make a plan. With the yes and, it feels good. And people come up with a plan and, and what they end up doing is adding on to each other's ideas. It's not just let's get lunch. It's sometimes it's and let's get sushi and, and we'll fly to Tokyo right now. And we'll invite everybody who's here with us for this awesome lunch. Right. And it just gets better and better. And this is this is kind of like what this this is why it's a foundation for a high performing team and high performing teams. Everybody has voice. Everybody's voice is heard. If you yes, but somebody a few times, they'll stop sharing good ideas with you. They'll, they'll stop sharing any ideas at all. If you yes and each other and pause for at least a breath, at least a moment to consider the idea and maybe even say yes and and add on to their idea. People's voice is heard more clearly. The ideas start coming in and collecting together. And for the kind of work that many of us do, which is creative intellectual work, this is, this is what we're looking for. And this is what leads to high performance, even just saying yes and to each other. So that's the foundation. And on top of that foundation, on high performing teams, we notice that they have freedom, they have autonomy. They get to decide who to work with, they get to decide what to do, what to work on, and they get to decide how to do it together. Right? And this is called Agile for Humanity, this series. And a lot of this stuff is built into Agile. And here are some behaviors that we notice on high-performing teams that get you that sort of freedom or autonomy. The first one is called pass. Pass is a behavior that we notice on high-performing teams. What it really means is that anybody can opt out of any activity at any time. You can just say, I pass as one way to do it. And when you do that, nobody asks you why, nobody tries to make you do it anyway, nobody talks about you for having passed. Because if any of that stuff happened, it wouldn't be safe to pass. You would, you would lose out on the psychological safety. And given this behavior of pass, and it's okay to do so, it's safe to pass. So on high-performing teams, people pass. They opt out of things that aren't right for them at the moment. Uh, a more extreme version of pass is called check out. Check out is like pass, but you actually leave the team momentarily. You leave, temporarily, you, you leave the team's space. Uh, and you could do so at any time for any reason. You might have something more important to do. You might have to use the bathroom, get a cup of coffee. Maybe you need to talk to your spouse on the phone. Uh, maybe go talk to a customer. Maybe you're just frustrated with what's happening with the team right now, so you check out. It goes like this. You say, I'm checking out, and you physically leave the space. I'll demonstrate. Where's Richard? No questions. <laughs> That's how you do it in a physical space. In a, in a virtual space like this, um, a, a checkout might look like the screen goes dark and the, mute, the mic, mic gets muted. That might be a way to check out in a virtual space. And the same, the same agreements apply. Nobody talks about you for having checked out. Nobody chases you out of the room, tries to pull you back in. Nobody talks badly of you after you leave because it wouldn't be safe to check out if, if that, that were the case. So these are the, 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 these two foundations, positive bias and this freedom and autonomy. These, these are the, the, the sort of the cornerstones of high-performing teams. This is what you notice when you watch high-performing teams. We can add on to that. On high-performing teams, 
people have high self-awareness. They know who they are. They know what they want. They know what's important to them. They know how they're feeling in the moment. They know their emotional state. This goes back to emotional intelligence, at, both at individual scale and at team scale. Behaviors for this, the, the McCarthy's named the behaviors that they noticed on high-performing teams, check in, ask for help, personal alignment. Ask for help is pretty obvious what that one means. Uh, on high-performing teams, people ask each other for help. If they don't know something, if they get stuck on something, they don't stay stuck for very long. They go and ask somebody to help them. And there's freedom built into that ask for help. You don't have to help the person who asks. You can, you can opt out of offering the help, or you can give them a different kind of help that you think might be more beneficial. And oftentimes what you notice is people give exactly the help that was requested. Uh, I did this the other night. I was looking for help setting up a continuous integration system. I, I asked a friend to help me. And actually, I figured it out myself just by taking the time to pause and ask my friend to help. That was actually all the help I needed. And then, and then I got rolling again. Just asking for help sometimes is all you need. And, and, and adding on to that, sometimes people get, give you the help and you do the work together. Check in, personal alignment. We'll look at these right now. So to try this out as a solo quiet thinking activity, Fill in the blank on this sentence. How do you feel right now? What are, you, what are you sensing in your body? What's going on within you? How do you feel? And then we'll add on to this. Second iteration, we'll make it multiple choice. How do you feel right now? And Map that onto one of these four emotion words. Which one of these is closest to how you feel right now? And I want to sort of collect what you're sensing in yourself back to your web browser. How are you feeling right now? What's going on within you? I'm doing that thing where I pause and wait for people to respond. <laughs> so a couple of glads, this is good. Uh, and no matter what people respond, it's good. These are just the emotions that people feel. Whatever you report, it's fine. Um, I never believe it until somebody says they're afraid or mad, so I'm glad you did. Thank you. <laughs> so now I believe it. We turn this into a connection activity, in a sense, uh, a way to share emotional state with each other. The, the behavior, one way to share emotional state with, with each other is to follow a script like this. This is the script that they call the, the check-in behavior. Everybody in the group takes a turn as the speaker and they follow this little script. They say, I feel blank. They fill in the blank with glad, sad, mad, or afraid. You could briefly describe what's going into that sensation. You can repeat steps one and two as often as you, as many times as you want. Or instead you could just do step three and say, I pass. You can opt out of the activity. You can opt out of sharing your emotional state with others. 
you finish by saying I'm in. And when you say I'm in, the others in the group, they say welcome. So here, here's an example. Um, the, if you're the speaker, you might say something like this. I'll, I'll check in right now. I feel glad um, in my explanation about it is it's awesome connecting with all of you, reconnecting with some old friends, connecting with some new friends, uh, reconnecting with the community in, in Tucson. Um, I'm sad that we have beautiful weather here in Boston today and I'm inside instead of outside. Darn, I'm sad about that. Um, sometimes I iterate over the list. Glad said, man, am I mad about anything? No, I'm not mad about anything. Am I afraid of anything? Um, I don't know if afraid is exactly the right word. I'll say afraid, sad, maybe. Sort of a combination. I've got some travel coming up next week. Um, I feel a lot of, I feel a lot of sort of pressure, mental stress right now to to have an awesome Sunday. Tomorrow is both Mother's Day and my wife's birthday, and in addition to getting ready for the travel, um, I'm feeling a lot of feeling some stress about making sure tomorrow is amazing for her. And then I then I finish up by saying I'm in. <laughs> And when welcome. I say I'm in, it's your turn, and you all say welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the sometimes the welcome, if you're if you're a, for example, if you're a participant in a webinar, the welcome might look like this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send a chat. And sometimes people do this by typing, do it in a chat window. They say, I feel blah, 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 I'm in, and everybody else types back to them, welcome. And then somebody else takes a turn. So that's an example of, of the emotion sharing behavior. The, the title for this emotion sharing behavior is called check-in. It builds personal awareness of emotional state, which is an element of emotional intelligence. And it builds group awareness of the emotional state. Uh, so, the group has higher emotional intelligence together. Hey, I have those cards too. Cool. <laughs> Good stuff. We add on to this as an activity. I encourage you to try this out with, with a friend or a colleague uh, who might be interested in, in trying out this with you, trying this out with you. Uh, we add on to that with another self-awareness practice that is observed on high-performing teams. And this starts with fill in the blank. What do you want? And, and this is a big want. Uh, this is more than, I want pork tacos. This is like, what's the most important thing in the world to you? So you fill in the blank with that. So pause for a moment. What's your biggest want in the world? And the next step in this is what's blocking you from that? If that's really the most important thing in the world for you that you want, well, then it's not something that you have. Why don't you have it? Or why don't you have all of it? What's blocking you? And we'll do this I want again. This time it's multiple choice. Pick from one of these words, self-awareness, integrity, courage, passion, peace, 
presence, self-care, fun, wisdom, or health. Which one of these, if you became expert at it, if you practiced it every day, would eliminate everything, would, would give you the ability to eliminate everything that's blocking you from, from what you want and get you what you want, that, that big, most important thing in the world. Which one of these, if you totally mastered it, would get everything else out of the way and let you get what you want? So pick one of these. By the way, the, the, there's an asterisk next to self-awareness because that's the default answer. If you're not sure what you want, try self-awareness. And we'll call that your personal alignment. We'll hold on to that for a while, but this is, this is the behavior pattern called personal alignment. It's to uh, build a sense of some really fundamental thing, almost like a virtue that you want, and that if you practiced it every day, it would release some, would release some, 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 something important and valuable within you that would allow you to, to eliminate things that are blocking you. It might even attract others toward you who, who are offering what you want. Oh, which one did you pick? For whichever one you picked, you get to define what it means to you. It's almost like it doesn't matter what it means to me. It doesn't matter what it means, what, what the written definition is in the dictionary. Whatever health or self-care or peace means for you, and if you practice that thing every day, that's going to build a lot of skill within you and for something that you care about. We add on to those three building blocks with a fourth building block called connection. And what this is about is that on high-performing teams, people are strongly connected with each other, that they, they form a cohesive whole. They're, they're highly interconnected, almost like they would do anything for each other. This is the sensation of, of a, of a high-performing team. When people talk about it, they, they, they say things like, I would do anything for them. And I know they would do anything for me. The specific behaviors that you could use to get into this highly connected state include three that we just looked at. Check in, ask for help, and personal alignment. It's obvious that check in is something you do with each other and you get more connected. Ask for help is something you do with somebody else and so you get more connected. Personal alignment, we'll look at how that gets more connected, builds more connection in a moment. Intention check and investigate are the next two. So intention check is about Sort of like positive bias, when somebody does or says something that you don't understand on your team, when somebody says something that maybe bugs you or does something that you think is detrimental, de detrimental to the team, instead of assuming that they did it to be stupid or that they did it to hurt you or to hurt the team, you pause and you ask them more about that behavior or more about that thing that they said. So intention check would be like, um, Hey, that thing that you said, what was your intention when you said that? Or, hey, when you committed that code that broke the build, what were you hoping the outcome would be? 
It's just to pause and ask for more information about a specific thing and to, to help you keep an open mind about that specific thing and, and learn more from the person about that phenomenon, about that event that happened. Investigate is more general. It's, it's very much like intention check, but even more general. It's really just about being curious and keeping an open mind about anything and everything. One way to do this is to just ask, will you tell me more about blank and fill in the blank with anything that you hope to learn a little bit more about? This is what you notice if you watch high-performing teams. They're curious about each other and what's going on within the team and, and outside of the team. They try to learn as much as they can. There are some, some question patterns that people use. In fact, I'll, I think I have a slide with more question patterns that I can share. Here's some question patterns. Uh, this is where personal alignment could be something that helps connect people more. You could ask questions about personal alignment from each other, like what is your personal alignment? Or what is the most important thing in the world to you? Or what does blank mean to you? What does self-care mean to you? Exactly what's blocking you from that biggest, most important thing? What would you do to practice your personal alignment? What would that look like if you practiced self-care every day? Or how would I be able to observe that you've been practicing your personal alignment? Or is there anything else about blank? Uh, some of these questions come from core protocols observations, some from nonviolent communication, uh, some from clean language. There's lots of different bodies of practice of asking good questions and keeping an open mind and expressing curiosity and learning more about each other and really about interconnecting more strongly. Uh, some of the best questions are, is there anything else about blank? And what would you like to have happen? So the questions you could try, you could, you could do that personal alignment activity with a friend. You could ask questions about it with each other and, and make sure you've picked the right personal alignment. Make sure you've got a way to practice it every day. Um, so we often do this as an activity. I encourage you to try that out with each other. And what happens, what I notice that happens whenever I do this series of activities with other people I really do encourage you to try this series of activities with somebody. When I do this series of activities with other people, I feel a physical sensation right around here in my body, right around my, I don't know, it's that solar plexus area, uh, just below that. And, and that sensation, whenever that happens, that's the sensation that I talk about as love. And, and so really what's going on is if you watch high-performance teams, what you notice is that it's like they love each other. It's like they really care about each other. Uh, if you watch them through a, a one-way glass, sort of like in a, in a lab, maybe sort of like in a user experience lab, if you could watch a high-performing team working together in, in a lab like that, it would look like they care about each other really deeply. They're helping each other. They're, they're sharing things with each other. Uh, I had an experience like this teaching a class the other day. We, we did a bunch of pair programming at a table with each other. And Somebody would come up with an idea and share it with everybody else. Somebody else had an idea and share it with the whole group. And it was like we cared about each other and each other's accelerated learning. If, and if love isn't a word you typically use at work, you could call it friendship instead. Same thing. This is, this is what I mean when I say love. It's, it's this high quality, very intense friendship. 
And it's the, that's the experience of being on a high-performing team. These behaviors that we looked at are behaviors that can get you there. Uh, so some of the behaviors we've looked at so far include this positive bias idea, just taking whatever you're doing and doing it in a positive way, not, not cutting each other down. And if you think about the best teams or the best relationships you've ever been in, you have freedom. You got to decide who to be on that team with or who to be in that relationship with. There was no coercion involved. It was all because you wanted to, not because anybody made you. And on the best teams or in the best relationships in, in your life, certainly in my life, we share how we're feeling with each other. That's this check-in behavior, sharing emotional state. And nobody judges you for how you're feeling. Nobody tries to fix it because there's nothing to fix. It's just your emotional state. It's just how you are at the moment. And then this personal alignment thing. In the best teams that you've ever been on, in the best relationships you've ever been in, you probably share with each other what's the most important thing in the world to you. And they share it back. What's the most important thing in the world to them? And you investigate, you, you go deeper in the relationship, you ask more, you try to learn as much as you can about each other. These are the best relationships of any kind, whether it's at work or not at work. And, and certainly if it's at work, these turn into the most high-performing teams. And then, you know, this, this love stuff, this friendship stuff, uh, you guys are in, most, most of you all are in, in Tucson. Uh, I'm here in Boston. I know that around in New England, this sounds really woo-woo. Uh, sounds like California stuff. Uh, so I turn it into can turn it into like source code to make it more like like harder science looking. You could just take this script and run this script in your brain or run the script on this team. And it's exactly that that series of activities that I introduced. I encourage you to try out this try out this series of activities. We'll add on we'll with add a, on a fifth with layer on this, this building block stack. There's somebody with the mic with on mute. Can you mute your mic? Can I hear an echo of myself? On, on high-performing teams, we have some other behaviors related to productivity. So now that you've got this group of people connected together very intensely, well, if we're talking well, about work teams about and high-performance work teams, work teams, then we're going to get to work and do some awesome things, things together. One thing One that thing we notice that we in really high-performing work teams work is teams they have effective ways to make decisions with each other that they execute, execute act on those decisions, on those decisions, and they have effective ways to resolve conflict. That's what decider and resolution are. That's what these decider resolution patterns are. And they also and have they ways also to have ways ask for ask feedback and receive that is. feedback in a super constructive way. That's what perfection gets. We're not going to go We're deep into these activities. I just want to introduce them to you. Uh, you can look them up. All this stuff is avail available for free. Before we close this webinar, before we close this session, I'll, I'll make sure you know where to look for all these behaviors. The final layer of this stack is, I call it error handling. McCarthy's called it the particular behavior protocol check. What it really means is that on high-performing teams, when people make agreements with each other, if the team veers off track from those agreements, we're supposed to tell each other so, and it's totally okay to say so. 
like whatever one of your team agreements is. If you're not doing it, if you forgot about it, it's okay to remind yourselves that you have this team agreement and go back to it. Uh, an example might be, um, I don't know, example might be like a, a checkout, like somebody checked out and somebody else chased them out of the room to try to ask what's going on and pull them back in. Somebody might say protocol check. When somebody checks out, we let them check out. It's totally okay. And that could get the team back, back on track on that agreement if that's one of your team agreements. I want to start wrapping up by asking, what will you do? And just have you pause for a moment and think about this set of behaviors, the science and research I introduced at the beginning. Is there anything here that you could take into your team or into a group of people that you care about? And I also want to hear from you what you think your key takeaway might be from this. What was the most important thing you heard or learned? And if you say it's something else, I want, I want to hear what your something else is. So a couple ideas here, there is science and research on high performance teams. And if you want to have a high performance team, you can go to that science and research. Uh, team emotional intelligence is a way to raise psych safety. These things are related to each other. Psych safety is a component of team emotional intelligence. And in friendship, I called it love. This is totally congruent with high performance. If you look at high performing teams, they look like a group of friends. Maybe when you go back to one of your, when you think back to one of your best team experiences, what you're thinking of is we were a group of friends and it was awesome working together. I couldn't wait to get there every day. Um, another way to look at this, uh, I shared a version of this early on. If you want high performance, you definitely want psych safety. The science is really solid. You definitely want TMEI, which is a, a, a broader thing than psych safety. Psych safety is part of it. The science is really solid. There's high correlation between TMEI, psych safety, and high performance. And those things are sort of like the result of whatever it is you've been doing together. They're, they're, they're sort of like mindset. And you can't really tell somebody this mindset. It doesn't even make sense. Like more safety or more AI. But you can give them behavior patterns to follow that might yield, that do yield to higher AI and higher psych safety. Uh, so core protocols is one set of behaviors that, that are pretty easy to, to learn and practice. Uh, and they, they help teams, they help individuals and teams build psych safety and AI and thus high performance. So, I mean, you can do this with your team. You could, you could take this slide set and I share it. You could go through this with your team. You could play back this video and, and pause when we get to those points where you could do an activity, pause and do the activity together. Uh, you could subscribe to my newsletter. Uh, you could read these books. I've written a couple of books about this. Uh, the one on the right is available as a free download. Uh, the ebook is available as a free download on my website. So you can just get that book for free. Um, 
thecoreprotocols.org is a website where all of this stuff is available for free. Right, so you don't have to pay anybody to, to get these behaviors, to practice these skills. Uh, you can look at the website, get all the details about behavior patterns and try them out. You can ask me for help anytime. Um, I run classes on this. Uh, like I said, when I when I when we got started, um, I care about awesome teams and, and awesome people and, and people and teams being the best they can be. So you can check out my upcoming public classes. Like we did a we did a half day version of this class in Tucson a couple months ago, and also at Harvard Summer School coming up for three weeks this summer. I'm running a, a course called Agile Software Development, which is all the both all the, all the sort of sort of social skills and project management parts of Agile and all the technical parts of Agile. And you're invited to join me at any of these classes or invite me to come to you and uh, we'll run a class for your group, your, your people who care about the most. Um, oh, and I've got a podcast. This is my website. Get the info on the podcast. I typically interview people and ask them about their best teams. And go deeper, investigate, learn more about them and their teams, including asking them to offer ideas and share practices that you could try out for your team to sort of reproduce their best team experience. Um, one last activity. This is perfection game. One of those team hyper. One of those uh, ask for feedback behavior patterns. So I'm going to ask you for feedback using that perfection game behavior pattern. Uh, and it's, uh, it's the same thing same in, in your web browser. Web will browser, you will give you me feedback using perfection? perfection. The way to do it is, well, point your web browser there and give this session a score from one to 10 based on how much value you think you could add to it with your feedback. Tell me what you liked about it and tell me what else it would take to make it work in 10. Now I'll pause for a moment. And 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 really, that's it. That's that's what I wanted to share. Um, I, I hope that I had hope some that value. I hope you learned at least one thing that you might take back to the people you care about and try out. And try out. You know, even if the, the only thing you got from this was the idea of positive bias and pausing for a moment, maybe saying and in your responses to people more than but, yes, more than no, even changing that one word when you, when you interact with others. Uh, that would probably make a big change in, in any interactions that you have with anyone. Um, so that's it. Uh, I think we have time for questions if anybody has any. And if we do that now, that, that's awesome. Also, keep in touch with me in the future. You got my contact info. You can ask me for help in the future. I'll stop sharing the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Any questions from anyone um, out there? Anyone in the room? You have a question. I'll switch to grid view so I can see you all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And we have any questions have any or anything questions to, add? to add? I have some questions. All right. All right. So.
thoughts. Go, you want to go, Bernadine? Do you have any questions? Um, well, thinking about it. Still thinking about it? Hey, so how would we use core protocols or even try to build high performing teams for high school students? Um, that's my passion. That's yeah. getting ready to yeah. walk into uh, something that we share in common. So I wanted to see, you know, what would that look like? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, for groups of high school students, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute while I talk. So I don't hear the speaker while I talk. So I don't hear the answer. With with high school students, they're people. This stuff works with people, whether they're high school students, little kids, older adults. It's all the same. People are people. We all we all experience emotion. We all feel better and do better when we're not forced or coerced to do things. When it's our choice to do things, right? So, you know, maybe a program like the one you run, Dave. The kids are there because they want to be there, not because somebody made them do it. As far as I know, yeah. I run a I run a coder dojo. I help run a coder dojo for kids here in Boston, and and same thing. All the kids are there because they want to be there, not because somebody told them they had to. Uh, we, we, we take these behavior patterns and, and sum them up into one sentence at the Coder Dojo. It's just be cool. And, and there's a lot that could go into be cool. It's like, you know, you don't hurt each other physically or, or psychologically. Uh, if, you, if you have to go out of the room and go to the bathroom, you do. You don't have to ask for permission to take care of yourself. Uh, if somebody tells you how they're feeling, that's cool. That's you don't make fun of them or anything. All these behaviors apply, and you can just you could teach them explicitly, you know, sort of like sort of like I just did. Invite people to practice them with you, high school kids, younger kids, and adults. I have more of a comment than a question because I was yep. fortunate to do the half day in Tucson, and I'm, um, I went home immediately and did it with my commute. <laughs> And it was profound, right? So it was, it was um, yeah, sure. I'm talking too soft. <laughs> um, it's profoundly easy. It may take a little courage to throw one in, but I, every time I do, the results are phenomenal. So um, with my family, in fact, that's the good reminder. We're, we're in a little stressed, a little busy. It's time to check in and make sure we're all mm -hmm. on the same. Um, I, I take it into work and just introduce it small and, and groups that are not, not even mine really to run, but um, it was another one, Richard, you, you shared with me about the meeting, just asking everybody what they want to get out of something. And so yeah. asking for inputs, it's astounding to watch our human reaction to it. So I encourage everybody to practice it and, and be brave. It, it takes a little bit, right? Because it's not always done. And a good agile team, yes, but we don't find that everywhere. So be brave and try it. It's amazing. Let me see happen. Yeah, wow. Yeah, thank wow. you. And, and, and be and brave. Be brave. That's yeah. a good idea. Um, it's, it's amazing. These, these are things you notice on really awesome teams. And they're not necessarily the, the incumbent behavior, the incumbent group culture. Right. So it takes bravery to do something that's different from your group's norms. Like maybe telling people how you feel is different from your group's norms. But every time I do it, like you said, every time, every time I do it, I, I get a good result. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I did the one, what do you expect to get out of a meeting with 
at four different working groups yep. and expecting a pushback. They were into it each time. <laughs> All I had to do was ask. So, so uh, it does start to involve people on their human side, and they want to play that role. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I put you more on camera. You're here. You're Anything else? Question, comment, yeah, anything similar to those or different from those? Anybody else in our? I don't. I don't hear anything else from anyone. So I mean, if that's if that's it, it uh, Richard, thank you. My pleasure. For, for sharing, um, for, co for coming in and helping us. Um, <laughs> hey, so everyone will have this posted out in a couple of days and we'll share this video and back into our uh, meetup group. And so everyone will have access to this and then you know, the, the Agile Alliance will share this back. So uh, thank you everyone for attending and you know have an awesome Mother's Day. And uh, <laughs> we're going dark for June and July because we're doing five Saturdays. Um, so we'll be back in August. So um, thank you, everyone, and, and have a great time. And Richard, thank you. I'll, I, I, I'll reach out to you after this. All right. You're welcome, Dave. Nice seeing everybody. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hello, this is Dr. Dave Cornelius again. Thank you for listening. We hope you were able to add to your awesomeness journey with this learning experience to obtain new knowledge. We are grateful to those who support us. We would like to thank our sponsor, Nalshare, for the continued support for this podcast. Visit www.nalshare.org to achieve your awesomeness through agile coaching and training, digital transformation strategy, agile organization development, lean business startup, and diversity, equity, and inclusion coaching. Nalshare.org also provides online workshops for PDUs and SEUs to help you maintain your existing professional development certification and achieve new ones. We support lean thinking and agile life skills education through the Five Saturdays Agile Education Program. Visit www the number five saturdays.org to donate your time, money, and knowledge. That's www.fivesaturdays.org. Check out Dr. Dave's latest book, Prayers to My Abba Father God, on Amazon.com, a focus on prayer to enable spiritual growth. You will also find his books, Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking?, and Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way on Amazon.com. Look for the Nalsha with Dr. Day podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. The Nalsha with Dr. Day podcast is streamed on grokshare.com. If you have any questions for Dr. Dave, reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Nalshare. Copyright 2019 Nalshare. Until next time, find your awesomeness.